you've probably heard of the next greatest threat to national security. Or, as the teens like to call it, TikTok. Is all the shouting about security risk and its potential banning worth anything? Or is it just sound and fury, signifying nothing? Tonight, the North Korean hackers going even further. This was just the latest in a series of leaks. 143 million Americans, one of the largest cyber attacks in this country's history. Estimated losses from these breaches in excess of $20 billion. Hello and welcome back to Decrypted, a cybersecurity podcast for the everyday person. I'm your friendly neighborhood cyberman, Jacob Asayada, and I'm joined by my cyber partner in crime, Dayton Williams. And what is TikTok exactly? It feels like a year ago this was a problem. And why should we be worried about TikTok at all? Well, let's go back a little bit. TikTok was originally created by a company called ByteDance. And TikTok, if you're not aware, um, has had huge impact over the last few years. There's a huge user base in the United States, and it has significant cultural impact with millennials and Gen Z. Right now, there are over 100 million people on the platform in just the United States. It allows people to share videos, to lip sync, to do all kinds of things. So why is a social media video app making such waves? And frankly, why are we covering it? I mean, obviously, aside from the attempt to cover a hot topic and relate to the youth. How do you do, fellow kids? What? This week, we look at what risk TikTok actually has, the U.S. response to it, and what consequence that's going to have. So, TikTok. It's been framed as a Trojan horse of malware, a spying tool, or, plain and simple, a propaganda machine for the Chinese Communist Party. So, is any of that true? Let's break it down. First, is TikTok just a bunch of malware wearing the corpse of Vine as a trench coat? Well, no, there's really not any evidence of that. However, for spying, TikTok does collect a huge amount of data on its users, including what videos are being watched and commented on, its location data, the phone model and operating system used by the, the, the keystroke rhythms that people exist with that people use when they type. Um, but it, it's not that different as compared to many other apps. Yeah, it kind of just sounds like you're describing, you know, an average social media app, you know, that was made in the U.S. You know, a couple of apps just that come to mind, Reddit, for one. I mean, even things like the New York Times or LinkedIn would ask for basically similar permissions. Yeah, and if anything, something like LinkedIn or Facebook or Reddit, it could have even more incriminating or, or identifying information than something like TikTok would be. I think that's very much the case. TikTok's data collection regime is pretty comparable to most data-hungry social networks. Similarly, uh, many privacy watchdogs are investigating TikTok just as they would Facebook or Reddit or whatever. As for a propaganda machine... So, TikTok is certainly censoring content, especially content that is out of line or even critical of the Chinese Communist Party. In a little bit of context for everyone... In 2017, the national security law in China compels any organization or citizen to, quote, support, assist, and cooperate with the state intelligence work, unquote. So last year, The Guardian reported that TikTok staff and automated systems had enforced moderation rules that censored material deemed too politically sensitive. These are things like the Tiananmen Square protests, Tibetan independence movements, or Uyghur concentration camps in China. You actually might even be familiar with the viral video that was related to that, 
which was able to be disseminated because it was disguised as a makeup tutorial. Hi guys, so I'm going to teach you guys how to get long lashes. So the first thing you need to do is grab your lash curler, curl your lashes obviously, then you're going to put them down and use your phone that you're using right now to search up what's happening in China, how they're getting concentration camps, throwing innocent Muslims in there, separating their families from each other, kidnapping them, murdering them, raping them, forcing them to eat pork, forcing them to drink, forcing them to convert different religions, if not, or else they're going to, of course, get murdered. People that go into these concentration camps, they'll come back alive. This is another holocaust, yet no one is talking about it. TikTok's moderation goes a little bit beyond this, though. It also bans any content that could be seen as positive or in support of LGBTQ communities, regardless of whatever country that's actually coming from. So it's not at all localized to merely internal Chinese politics. It's in fact compelling a sort of cultural view of the world as well. Further reporting from the Washington Post, which talked to six former TikTok employees, said moderators in China had the final say on whether flag videos were approved. While in reality, TikTok touts its AI algorithm that basically decides how to promote videos, it's very clear that there's still people in the loop that are making decisions about what content is approved, and it's definitely showing. And, and of course, you know, there's people on the other side complaining that TikTok isn't doing enough to check videos, you know, before promoting them to a wider audience. So there are definitely some issues there about the sort of content that TikTok is espousing. So TikTok definitely has some issues. It's definitely under the influence of Chinese laws, but does that really impact TikTok from a security perspective? I mean, let's take a look in comparison to another country which treats its tech industry just like the US. In fact, in recent years, governments have tried to increase their ability to access data contained on different devices and provided by various services. For instance, WhatsApp advertises that it secures your conversations with end-to-end -end encryption, which means that your messages and status updates stay between you and the people that you talk to. However, several times, most recently in October 2019, the US, UK, and Australia have applied pressure on Facebook, which owns WhatsApp, to create backdoors that would allow access to these encrypted messages and their content. And so far, Facebook and WhatsApp have refused. But if these backdoors were ever allowed and became commonplace, then every internet-connected device will essentially be a spy device and likely be banned by every other country. But the owners of TikTok uh, have pushed back against them. The owners of TikTok basically are espousing a similar thing to Facebook and WhatsApp. They said if TikTok was approached by the Chinese government, that they would, quote, definitely say no to any request for data. So they're implying that they would act much how a U.S. company would in this situation. But let's be real here. ByteDance, it's a, you know, it's a Chinese company. It's going to be mindful of the consequences of displeasing the Communist Party. And frankly... ByteDance has its own hugely popular news app, which was taken offline 24 hours in 2017, according to South China Morning Post, after the Beijing Internet Information Office said that it had been spreading pornographic and vulgar content. So we already kind of have a sense about how willing they actually are to stand up to the Chinese Communist Party. Ultimately, the argument of threat on TikTok comes from the same theoretical possibility of the Chinese government intervening into ByteDance, much like they have done with Huawei. But unlike Huawei, the security concerns aren't exactly the same. Huawei, it's definitely a question of supply chain infrastructure security. For TikTok, the national security risk of the Chinese government stealing your TikTok data is... It's seeing senators singing bad covers of WAP, you know, cringeworthy attempts at memes. You know, I, I mean, obviously the app has access to things like your microphone and camera, but as 
you, you know, you pointed out before, Dayton, what kind of doesn't at this point? And why does TikTok warrant such a risk, therefore? Right. Maybe the best thing that we could do is compare TikTok to another app whose acquisition by a Chinese company has also forced a U.S. intervention. And that is Grindr. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with Grindr, Grindr is the largest social networking app for the LGBTQ community. Beijing Kunlun was forced to sell the dating app in 2020 following scrutiny from the Committee of Foreign Investment in the United States. So here, the concern is obvious. The company had access to personal data of millions of US users, including private messages and HIV status. And the information that Grindr contained was clearly a security threat, as it could be used to blackmail and recruit users who were making national security decisions or supporting US security operations. At the time, this forced sale wasn't controversial. Why is TikTok controversial? Well, frankly, because the reasons that it has been deemed a security threat are frankly fairly arbitrary. I mean this in the sense that they lack any specific measures or metric that we could apply, you know, to another threat. So we'll get back to this a little bit later, but it's kind of why this particular delineation is so controversial. So let's say we think Chinese ownership of TikTok poses such a threat. Should the U.S. force a sale or even ban it wholesale, just as it did with Grindr? Well, first off, if an app posed a security or malware threat, one would hope that the app stores would have moderation, like Google or Apple, and the first line of defense for overt malware or spyware would be these companies as the guardians stopping it from being disseminated in the United States. But TikTok isn't violating any terms of services on any of these app stores. Mostly because it doesn't really do anything that a normal app doesn't, as we've discussed. Which is more of a reflection of what sort of license we give social media apps. But that's more of a cultural shift than something policy can change overnight. So the private sector has spoken in this regards. So the US could simply ban TikTok, and therefore any Chinese-made or owned app. But is China banning US companies like Google and Facebook any different than us banning TikTok? It's not exactly the best look for the U.S. to just be banning communication apps. You know, that's kind of what authoritarian countries do. You know, like China. The whole reason this is a security threat. In reality, banning is more likely to increase, not reduce risk, because it builds up distrust among countries and companies. Other countries may even retaliate by banning U.S. companies, and the situation could rapidly spiral out of control. It's also not a great look economic-wise. It sets up a larger tit-for-tat with international business if the U.S. intervenes like this. Actually, in fact, it already has. 86% of companies in the U.S.-China Business Council have reported experiencing negative impacts on their business with China. The biggest impact was lost sales because customers shift their suppliers or sourcing due to uncertainty of continued supplies. U.S. companies worried that a a U.S. ban may initialize a de-Americanization plan in China to remove or replace U.S. components in products and in supply chains. So banning TikTok or banning anything is a potential Pandora's box of bad outcomes. So if the ban had been restricted to, say, government devices or government employees or contractors, that would be a different story. But a wholesale ban on the entire U.S. market could have a lot of negative ramifications. So instead, 
the U.S. government forced a sale of TikTok, a deal whose details seem to be changing and, frankly, purposefully confusing. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. While better than a ban, basically, the forced sale of TikTok says and does the same thing. For one, it's been described as a mobster-like tactic, especially given the president's direct hand in approving or bullying forward the deal. And the fact that TikTok, who was sold to Oracle and Walmart, who are kind of an odd couple, the acquisition seems heavily related to the CEO's coziness to the current administration, rather than actual involvement in social media apps. And considering that the whole point of banning TikTok or forcing the sale of TikTok in the first place was a government's influence on the tech industry, having the American government and the president so closely related to this deal is frankly a bad look. So there's a feeling of dirtiness with the sale, especially because it continues the practice of the government picking winners and losers in tech based on who will co cooperate with them. Again, that was kind of the issue with China in the first place. Here's the deal, by the way. TikTok's Chinese parent company, ByteDance, will own 80% of TikTok. However, because 40% of ByteDance is already owned by U.S. venture capital firms, the Trump administration can technically claim TikTok's global is now majority owned by U.S. money. Is that confusing enough for you? Well, how about we add Trump's words to it? ByteDance will have nothing to do with TikTok, according to this deal. But in the words of the deal itself, that just isn't the case. So what's going on exactly? Do you see what we mean by why it's confusing? How this is a majority U.S. ownership is itself kind of a gymnastics leap, and frankly, the deal itself isn't even necessarily secure with China pushing back about it. And it likely can and will change even after this episode is released. Currently, this deal basically has, you know, the data being hosted in the U.S., but the algorithm, the core aspect of TikTok, it's still owned by ByteDance, who does not seem oriented to sell that anytime soon. So really, what are they buying other than a lucrative, you know, hosting deal? I, I don't know. So after all this kind of confusion and this kind of muddled end here, what, what can we really learn from this case? So one of the things we can learn here is that government and the way the government manages or has a hand in managing user data is very much at play here. And one of the major sticking points for a lot of critics of the, of the TikTok deal or with China's access or their availability to TikTok's data. So despite everything, it's worth saying that there are major differences between the way that China treats data and the way that the U.S. treats data. For example, in the United States, it's a lot more of an, of an ordeal for the U.S. to get access to your information, even though it's not exactly impossible, given all that we know. There's processes. There's a, a court system that can be seen as fair and balanced in regards to privacy. So the respect for rights and fair treatment by the government is not necessarily the same thing in China. So equating the two actors isn't necessarily fair, even if they both have the same ability to see your data. One is objectively worse than the other. 